Welcome to this month's episode, Passport to Influencing in the Travel Industry. And we have two fantastic influencers with us, Zoe and Andrea. And I'm going to let Zoe introduce herself first. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm Zoe. I run a uh, blog called Gin and Bone, which is a uh, luxury lifestyle and travel blog focusing on all things nice and, and uh, travel related, really. Fantastic. So, yeah. Thank you. And Andrea? Hi, I'm Andrea. I am a journalist and I run the Haute Heel, which is a luxury fashion and lifestyle blog. Brilliant. So my first question is to both of you. Explain to me your role as an influencer. This industry is now, I mean, Instagramming influencing has grown so much. So what makes each of you different? I mean, I I don't know what makes me necessarily so different, but I think the most important thing for me is my sort of keeping within the niche. So my niche is very much sort of high end travel um, and lifestyle. That's not to say that I don't have interest in other subjects, but you know, if you want to know the best hotel in Tulum, maybe ask me. If you want to know the best chicken wings, I'd give it a go, but it's probably, I'm probably not the best person to. Chicken wings can go luxe, can't Ch- they? Everyone likes chicken wings. Yeah. I just, yeah. I, no, I just don't, I don't stamp my name to like, you know, giving the Green best chicken one. wings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Andrea. Um, well, first of all, like, I accept the term influencer, but it's hard for me to call myself one naturally just because when people think of influencer they think oh what is that influencing sales and for me um similar to Zoe I do stay in a niche and when it comes to luxury it's more aspirational it's more inspiration and it's it's for those people who aren't necessarily backpackers probably past that stage in their life and they're thinking oh what can I put on my mood board and what will I eventually get to when I have you know time off work so for me it's not so much um being an influencer, it's more creating that content for the people who will eventually do it. I'm not about pushing hard sales, basically. Okay. Yeah, and there are there are other influencers who are, you know, for backpackers or, or students or, you know, people looking for that great hostel or that you know, great campsite or whatever. Um, but when you do luxury, you just, yeah. you don't push, no. you just, you share your experience. Exactly, yeah. 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 What did you both do before you went into the industry? I'm going to call it influencing for the sake of yeah, no, this, so fine. it's easier to, <laughs> to explain it. So what did you do before? How did you get into this career? And how sustainable is it as a career? Andrea? Um, so before I was a journalist, and then I was a content editor for B2B, and it was at a trends agency. So for me, when I became, um, I guess, a full-time influencer, it the the kind of emphasis was not necessarily sorry not necessarily travel but more like millennial lifestyle luxury and one part of that is travel because millennials have such a different idea of what luxury is we don't want to buy a car we don't want to buy a house we want to travel we want to explore the world and that's how it became such a big part of what I do and what my blog writes about and in terms of how sustainable it is I think that The industry is very much saturated, but I don't think we're at peak influencer. I think there's a lot of opportunities going around. Um, Luxury brands in particular haven't even really found their proper foothold in our industry and what it means to have an influencer ambassador. So I think there's a long way to go in that sense. Yeah. And what about you, Zoe? Um, Yeah, so my background was completely different. I came from a corporate background. I worked in finance recruitment for quite a while. Wow. I then, I know, right? I know, so corporate. Um, And then I started my own recruitment company for investment bankers. And then I kind of just fell into this. But I think for me, I wanted to start 
a blog or at least I wanted to start, you know, covering things that I wanted to do. So it wasn't, you know, necessarily as a backpacker. I was a little bit older than that. So it was, where do I really want to go? If I could travel anywhere, where do I want to travel? What do I want to do when I'm there? Which restaurants do I want to eat eat in? So I think for me, it was a blog for me or a blog for like my type of person yeah. for the a community you know, almost totally yeah. for for someone who perhaps doesn't want to work in you know corporate suit nine to five anymore and sort of you know what what would that person want to do and what would that person look like how would someone become a travel influencer I wouldn't bother <laughs> just don't bother it's saturated already it's very saturated but what's interesting is um not that many, let's say, hotels would consider me to be a travel influencer. I think okay. they would label me as fashion or lifestyle. And they, if they were to invite me, it would be because they saw me as fashion and lifestyle. The idea of a travel um, influencer, just from my opinion, and um, is that, you know, you have like the typical Santorini in the summer, the, you know, the trips to Switzerland in in the in January, you know, you have your drone shots in Bali. It's very like, I, w- I don't want to say it's formulaic, but there is a certain aesthetic and there's a certain um, checklist for travel influencers. With that, if you do want to be recognised as a travel influencer, you you do need money. You do need you do need a lot of money. And for my own blog on the Hot Heel, I I interviewed three ladies who actually travel as their work. They are travel influencers, and I asked them. And even the ones that do backpacking said that they saved up at least ten thousand before they started recording. You know their YouTube journey or as additional own, exactly. Yeah. Um, and every single person has said, you do need money before you do this. Before you can start making it a viable career. Exactly, yeah. What are your thoughts on influencer marketing and brands? And I mean, Andre, you talked about fashion and beauty and hotels and so you work with airlines and tourist yes. boards and things like that. What? How can brands adapt to work with you and how can they use the platforms? I'm guessing Instagram is also the, the biggest influence here. Maybe YouTube, but how can brands work with influencers? I think one thing that they always look for is return on investment, like ROI. And I think the very tricky thing here that not just travel brands make, but all brands, is that they're basically assigning an arbitrary number to a platform they have zero control over. And what I mean by this is they say, we want influencers over 50K or over 100K. We want 5% engagement. You know, we want X, Y, Z. And when that happens, it's like nobody actually has control over how much reach they get. You can pay Instagram to promote, but at the end of the day, there this is completely arbitrary. And people are so focused on these figures that they're forgetting about the value of actual content. And I think because so many people are tucked away in their offices and they don't necessarily know how to use a camera and they don't necessarily have um, creative streak and they don't always understand Instagram, they kind of see it as like these fun things that these girls do. And they don't really realise that the cost of our equipment, the cost of our time. If we're abroad, we are turning down other jobs. The cost of a photographer, a drone, our outfits, whatever. Um, that's what they're not really looking at. And I think it is hard for them. I do understand why they focus so much on ROI, but that's a huge thing that they're missing there. Yeah, and I think it's also important to use an influencer or a blogger or a you know a content provider that fits your niche so mm-hmm. for example you can use kim kardashian who's you know got 170 odd million followers or whatever and she will cover pretty much every brand but if you're you know if you're a luxury hotel or a luxury hotelier you want to use somebody who fits within your niche there's no point giving your you know for example 
I've been offered, you know, I don't know, skincare products or teeth whitening or whatever, but it's almost pointless them giving me those products because my the people that follow me aren't looking they're for, not looking for they're not looking whitening. to me for teeth whitening or or for you know for for sort of you know face creams and things like that so i think if they really want good traction and return on investment they should probably stick within the niche of people that provide that so mm. if you are a, you know if you're a beauty brand stick with a beauty blogger that's that's really where their core demographic is and then for that reason they'll get a far higher return on investment yeah Actually, that's a massive thing that um, now, you know, brands, especially in the UK, are turning to reality TV stars as a type of influencer, and they're the ones getting a lot of budget. So most of the time when I'm invited on a trip, unless it's sponsored by a brand, there is zero payment there. And sometimes not all meals are comped either. And obviously that varies, you know, across hotels and, you know, who the PR is, but that is the case. And you know that the budget is going to someone who's been on TV, but not necessarily for the right reasons. So... I think people are really obsessed right now with numbers and it's not dying down. And um, it's different because when you compare travel to other like um, sectors, they're starting to understand the value of content, especially when they're luxury. But in my experience with luxury brands that are in the travel, I feel that's very repetitive. You know what I mean. Yeah. Um, they are actually still obsessed with how many guests can this one blogger convert, like how many people are going to book in after she posts. So what's the strength, do you think, of the social media over print? Because there is still print which is lingering for brands, for you know beauty, travel, everything. So what's the strength that social media and Instagram and blogs have over this? Well, there is, but if, we, if we're talking sort of strictly return on investment as well, to get a full-page advert in mm. Condé Nast Traveller or in GQ or in Suitcase or whatever will be significantly higher than the cost of you, yes. you know, comping a ho- hotel or paying you know, uh, an influencer to stay with you. So, and the truth is as well, within one post, so if, if you are somebody who's got, you know, a couple of hundred thousand followers, within one post, their followers are almost guaranteed, presuming they check every day, they're almost guaranteed to see your advert. Yeah. Whereas if you put it in, you know, Suitcase Magazine, only people that pick up Suitcase are going to see it. Only the people that are going to stop on your advert will see it. Whereas this yeah. is absolutely streamlined marketing to your specific product or hotel or you know brand or whatever so it quite literally it's is much more targeted oh, cost effective yeah, yeah. For sure. definitely. yeah definitely cost effective yeah and i also feel i mean it's slightly different to what you were saying before but i also feel like a lot of travel brands that don't want lifestyle or fashion influencers for example i've been told oh you can't we, we can't offer this opportunity anymore because you're not primarily travel and for me I'm thinking okay that's fine because that's the hotel has in mind what their KPIs are but at the same time if you work with a pure travel blogger you will be one of the 10 hotels on their feed that week possibly it depends how big that yeah. girl is if you work with me you will be the only hotel only destination on my feed for at least a month and you're going out to an audience which is not just looking at travel exactly but looking at everything else. exactly so and, and my travel uh, sorry my audience is also super international as well um, and my biggest converter has actually been a, a, in beauty, but people will fly in to book in with my facialist yeah. from Hong Kong, Dubai, Singapore, sometimes from the US as well. And um, but, but hotel brands don't see that because they're still quite corporate. Yeah, that's that's a changing, changing part from working in hotels from that background of myself. You still want to see it on a page. You want to see that. And it's very difficult to try and change that mentality who is usually run by someone who's a different generation, perhaps. And so it's adapting that belief, yeah, which is it's it's moving slowly. But, you know, you see we see your feeds and they're beautiful and beautiful curated pictures. What's behind that? 
Is it all glam? Zoe? I mean, no, for every <laughs> for every like one perfectly like coiffured hair shot or one, you know, diving into the water shot, there is literally 78 photos with me with my lip stuck to my teeth or hair in my <laughs> mouth or mascara on my face. Like for every one good shot, there has been at least 78 others that I've sort of obsessed over and just thought, oh, no, that looks slightly better or, like, you know, your eyebrow looks weird in that one. So it is, whilst it looks very glamorous, perhaps in that one photo, there are a series of other photos that are in the, you know, the, the B-roll of the holiday, yeah. the, like the photos that never get seen. And, you know, it's worth mentioning as well that whilst... I mean, and I also say this is a caveat that we are incredibly lucky with some of the things that we're offered, but it is work as well. Yeah, you know, yeah. you get up, I get up at four in the morning, I go and do a sunrise shot. I'll do a tour of the hotel at four in the morning before anyone else is awake. I work consistently throughout the day. So it's not, I mean, it is, I mean. It's it, not a permanent holiday, basically. You're still no, working. I mean, it, it's it, long it hours. Let's, it's, not, let's, yeah. let's not lie. It's still, it's still a great time. Um, but there is a lot of work that goes into it, a lot of content, a lot of writing, a lot of, you know, fixating over the small details of your postings and things like that. Yeah, for sure. And it's not just when you're on the trip as well. It's like for me, because I do fashion and travel, what I'll do is I will pull from like three different agencies around London, like outfits mm. to shoot abroad and I'll can carry it in case the case goes missing. I actually had an injury on my arm. I still have it for the last four days from carrying heavy bags from clothing. Like people think it is really glamorous and people think that this is the dream job and why should we be complaining, you know, X, Y, Z. But just because we get to, you know, work in 30 degrees, some weeks and others not doesn't actually mean we're not working and we don't have a break ever mm -hmm. and I figured this out when I recently came back from Cape Town and Cape Town was completely like paid for by myself and my boyfriend nothing was comped and I realized like what a holiday actually was <laughs> because even though we were creating content even when you take a personal break you're still kind of thinking about work so I don't I don't know it's it's I don't like to say that I'm I'm lucky because I did work for it, but I know yeah. that I am as well. Because social media, I mean, social media, they get a bad reputation. Yeah. You know, people often give them a lot everything. of stick. Exactly. Yeah. So how do you deal with that? And what's your opinion on that? Um, I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you'd curb it other than sort of explaining to people. But I think as well, every so often I like to post a bit of like a, a B-roll shot, like a, this is what it lo actually looked like before the photo. This is what it, before there so was the a, a lighting board, before mm. there was, you know, a, an edit done to this before it was you know this is what it looked like when I did have you know hair in my teeth and, and or in my mouth or whatever this is I think it's important to remind people and also I do think there's something to be said about relatable people so if if things look too perfect and too manicured does that then does that then sort of create a barrier between you and a reader does that do they sort of feel like this is an unreachable goal this this holiday is completely unreachable whereas I think sometimes if you're a little bit more sort of human in your you know in, in your content perhaps people slightly feel more connected to you I mean for me that's that's sort of how I find it no no that is true I have had people push back and say um you know what are the ethics surrounding promoting luxury travel when maybe not all of your audience can do this and I have said I'm I'm not pushing them to book anything honestly and the it's way inspiring that, yeah exactly and, yeah. and all the photos I post you know I try to make it more art than an outfit mm -hmm. or I try to make it more art than a landscape shot like for me it's about creating something whether it's pretty or not 
Like, there are photos where I actually think I look horrible, but the photo is just so cool, so I'll post it. I want to talk about your favourite campaigns because you both have great trips and the good and the beautiful side of it. Tell me about a favourite campaign that you've done. Andrea? Abroad? Uh, no, anywhere. doesn't have to be travel. <laughs> um, I really love the Burberry Beauty one I did. And the reason being the PR was just so gracious, really lovely to work with, which already makes it so much easier. But also the brief was so different. It was quite strict, actually, but it was just so refreshing and creative. And for that collaboration, I reached out to a boutique luxury hotel in London to shoot in their room. And I had sleepless nights over this because it was my first real big, proper paid-for video. And I spent ages crafting exactly what it would be, what the music would be, everything. And it just turned out exactly how I wanted, from wardrobe to the setting. It was just perfect. Incredible. What about you, Zoe? Um, I've just come back from somewhere, that I, one of the, the last collaborations that I did, which was just incredible. It was in, I'm going to say it properly, it was in Qatar, because I keep saying well Qatar and getting told <laughs> off. It was in Qatar with um, Qatar Airways. I've done it again. With Qatar Airways. <laughs> every time. Um, with Qatar Airways. Um, and it was a trip with them and visit Qatar to sort of promote the place as... I think what I quite liked about this, though, is there was very little um, sort of stipulations on what we could and couldn't do or promote. It was a kind of a, we'll show you all the best sites, we'll show, show you all the best places, and you promote the content that you think is is relevant. Um, and I think for me, a lot of time with campaigns, there are very, very strict rules that you have to adhere to. There's a certain amount of product placement. There's a certain amount of, you know, there's a time that you have to post. There's, you can't post certain colours you can't post certain you know words or whatever whereas this is very much left to free reign and I think if somebody you know for for anyone who follows me it's nice for them to think okay well this genuinely is organic yeah, yeah it's organic it's exactly what she actually thinks it's not been prescribed or sort of you know detailed before she's even got there so for me that was a, a really great one and it's a great place so you know can you talk me through how this would work so a PR or a brand would contact you they give you a brief um what what's the process talk me through how that works um so initially you'd be contacted by uh the PR or sometimes by the brand directly they would say that they want content be that a video of you know uh, an image um a blog post about something they would give you the set terms and sort of the structure of what they're willing to offer you um, and then you would, ordinarily, you would have a set of terms to adhere to, to in, a, in order to promote that specific product. Yeah. It's a very That's wordy it. way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you ever feel conflicted about giving bad reviews or perhaps honest if something didn't go as you would thought, especially if it's gifted to you? Um, that most often comes on a trip or a hotel or something like I that. I definitely don't feel bad. Um, the reason being that with an editorial background, the policy is that if they're an advertiser or, you know, they've given you something like they've gifted you or they're a client, it's you just don't publish it. So quite often when I've had to do reviews, I will write the feedback and I will say either I don't publish this at all and you can have your photo or whatever we've already agreed on um, or these are my exact thoughts. And most of the time the PR will be like, yeah, just publish it. And I think for them, coverage is better than no coverage. Um, but also, I think people are quite educated. It's, at least my audience is a little bit older. And what you don't say often speaks more than what you do say. So if I go to a hotel and I don't talk about the restaurant at all, you can safely assume that it's shit. 
right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. People also want authenticity as well. Like, I'm not going to sacrifice one opportunity for like the rest of the ones I could get in the year. If yeah. they're bad, then what are you going to do? They're is, bad. They, yeah, it is what it is. They know you're coming. Mm. It's not like this is a surprise to them. They, you haven't just turned up on their doorstep and said, exactly. well, oh, "By the way, I'll be." You know, they've they've had time to prep for this. So, really, a lot for of yourself time, and guests right, generally. Exactly. Yeah. So, a lot of the time, people say, "Well." A lot of your reviews are very positive. You know, they put the place in a sort of a glowing light. And I sort of say, well, okay, but they knew I was coming, so they had time to prep. This is a, a high-end luxury hotel. How bad could it it's be? It's a mission start. <laughs> it's not like, yeah. exactly. They, it's not often that they drop the ball anyway. Yeah. So especially not if I'm coming. So perhaps, perhaps actually, sometimes it is a slightly more, um, you know, positive uh, experience. But on the whole, these places are already, they already have you know, a mission star, or they, they already have their own accolades without me being there at all. So a lot of the time, your your review will be positive, undoubtedly anyway, but I think you're completely right. If it's if something's not good, um, it's a sort of, sort of you're doing your followers a sort of disjustice to say, oh no, that was great. Or, yeah. you know, I love that souffle when, yeah. you know, clearly it was, it fell through. Especially, <laughs> yeah. It didn't yeah. hold yeah. up. And especially coming from like a magazine as well, you have a reputation to uphold. I think food and skincare are the two biggest things that people might come to my blog for. Not necessarily my Instagram for food, but definitely the blog. And those are the two things I'm most precious about upholding. Like, obviously you want to be in, like have integrity across everything, but those are the two things I'm super protective about just because that's what I write about the most and that's what... I used to do food at time out, so you, yeah. coming from and that, you can't let Authenticity down. Is, yeah. is key, and I guess that's why they follow you because they, they trust you and they trust your advice. There was this huge discussion. I don't know if you guys saw that yeah, newspaper I was really article upset about, that. about the blogger asking for the... I think it was five nights in Ireland and the hotel owner or the manager had a massive He was very nasty. Backlash. I thought that was very bitchy. I, but I actually got anxious after that broke. I got so anxious approaching hotels and approaching PRs really? in, in fear that that would happen to me. And w I actually read everything she had written in the email. I, I don't know if you yeah, read it yeah, too. I, read the whole thing. I thought it was completely reasonable. Yeah. Completely. And her following completely justifies what she was asking for as well. Yeah. She asked for five nights. She, the, Is that he not could, a lot? He could have turned back and said, we're, we're, we'll we're only two. two or three, yeah. Yeah. you know, or he did not have to respond the way that he did. I thought it was very bitchy and unprofessional, especially mm. for a hotel owner. Mm. You're in the hospitality business, whether or not you hate the idea, you do not respond that way. And I thought that it was a really nasty attack on her and especially like her character as well. All my friends, my myself included, that email was not not beyond the realms of possibility that we could have written it. No. Yeah. It was, and it was just completely unnecessary. He he never needed. He didn't. He didn't need to respond in the way he did. And truthfully, if he doesn't want to do it, just say no thanks. Exactly. Not even. Just don't respond. Yeah. There's no need. There was no need to sort of do that. I think he was sort of making an example of her. I'm not sure of his background. I don't really know anything so much about him. Do you yeah. think that would have had a backlash on his hotel or the influencer? What I've found is there's a very fine line between admiration and jealousy. Um, and I think that when it's someone who isn't in the industry, for example, um, you know, someone who's reading the Daily Mail or like the BBC or whatever and reading this article, they will very easily side with the hotel owner because they think, oh, why should she get 
that much for free? Why should she get this or that? Who cares if she has 700,000 on YouTube, which I think was her figure at the time? I think that's very impressive, actually, that she got that far. Yeah, and I don't think it, this isn't an email that she would have sent out for the first time. She's sent this email out you know, numerous times yeah. before, and if it had met this reaction... And it's met the requirements. To, and... Absolutely. I think people from, especially from my parents' generation, will sort of say, I, well, I don't understand, but, 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 but what are they getting? And I try and explain, well, they're, get, they're getting exactly the same as they would if it was in Condé Nast Traveller, except it's streamlined. Yeah. It's just streamlined, yeah. and it's exactly what, you know, it's exactly what my uh, following is looking for. But I think perhaps, I, I do think it's a learning curve. People will get there eventually. If you could curate your dream campaign, what, where, with who would it be? It's a big question. I think Andrea. that's really tough because I've worked with some of my dream brands even when I was in a much lo- uh, like smaller following. I've worked with some of the brands that like I, I didn't even think was going to be possible until I was like, I don't know, a million or whatever. And I can say from experience that the brand does not make the campaign at all. Um, I, I never base my goals now on which brands I want to work with. Obviously, I have a kind of wish list in my head, but... I, I can say that this, some of them completely surprise you and some of them completely let you down. So in terms of curate the dream campaign, I think it would be um, obviously a luxury brand because I don't really promote like fast disposable fashion. Um, it would probably involve like a really great trip. So I get to know like the history um, and the heritage. Like I did a trip to Champagne and it was very educational and I, that was one of my best trips this year. So something along those lines. Um, and also just something more holistic, a little bit more like 360 instead of like, here's a product, please do two posts, thank you so much. Like more of like an ongoing long-term relationship, I think. But I don't really want to say, you know, which vertical or what kind of brand beyond it being luxury because... You know, last year, some some brands make me cry, and I thought that they were the most amazing. In a good way or a bad way? Bad way. Okay. <laughs> and, and like, I thought they would be the, like the most amazing opportunity ever. And I just remember, like, after my invoice was cleared, just be like, "Thank God, that's over, huh?" Yeah. Wow. Uh, what about you, Zoe, for your dream campaign? Um, again, I don't. I mean, as I said, it's 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 not so much the brand; it is so much the the sort of three sixty experience. And I actually think more recently, and I don't know if this is a sort of an age thing more recently I'm more interested in you know sort of the more the in-depth view of a country or a, so for example I went to Havana in Cuba a few months ago which was incredible it was amazing I mean like the place is something out of a you know a, a movie set all of the cars from 1950 there's like salsa bands playing in the street that you know dance with you as you walk out the hotel. movie set right exactly it's exactly <laughs> like that so obviously I wore shoulderless dresses the whole time I was there <laughs> just to keep in character but the flip side of that is that actually they're a country who are incredibly poor they yeah. um they, they live on rations they get paid I mean I'm not going to say that the the number because it's probably going to be wrong and I'm going to be wasted for it but <laughs> something that is unlivable in, in any other country mm-hmm. and they haven't had you know no sort of imports have come in since the 50s 60s so while that's not necessarily the most glamorous thing to cover and while I will still post you know the photos in a flamenco dress or whatever I think for me it's it would be a, a collaboration where I get to really see yeah. the proper you know the proper city that's the so proper place yeah. and not have it prescribed to me yes. you know cover this hotel and just do a rooftop shot if you could be wearing like a swimsuit with a Mai Tai in your hand yeah it's I, I'm sort of really keen on collaborations where I get to basically put the real you know my real version of that place 
across. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so important. Even though we do luxury, it's so, so, so important to show the other side of it. Mm-hmm. When I was in Cape Town, like, no one ever wants to talk about race, but our our tour guide was a refugee, and he really told us about all his struggles, how he couldn't even get certain educational rights because he was not a citizen. And he drove us from, you know, Camp Spay, which is, like, very luxury, mm. to this other place I cannot pronounce, but it's, like, all in the hills where all the billionaires live. And he drove us through, um, just, like, five minutes in a car down the road was this traffic junction, and all of these people um, were looking for work, and they were sitting, like, literally, almost... It was almost a highway... At the, um, I can't drive, so I don't know the terms. Like the intersection by the traffic lights. Some people walking in between cars, so they were stopped at the traffic light, you know, willing to do almost any work that was available. And that just, that really gave me like a better understanding. It's a sense of, of perspective. Yeah, of in this, this whole city. glamorous world yeah, of exactly. travel. And I said, you know, what what can the government do? And he sh- he shared his own experience as like a refugee, and he was saying the problem here is that n- you can't just wipe out this problem with one policy. Everybody has their individual problems. Yeah. In the in the townships, that's strange because I was literally in South Africa last week. Oh my gosh. Like Ten days ago in ca- in Camps Bay. Yeah. I and missed so, you by like probably two days. I mean, yeah, we were probably there at the same <laughs> yeah. time. Just, but I think you know, you've got you've got Camps Bay, you've got Clifton, you've got the the amazing Stellenbosch, Franchot, which are just so beautiful and so luxurious, and like the art, the wine. I mean, a lot of wine, like the food, <laughs> all of the stuff, and then. Two seconds down the road, you've got townships where they're living sort of, you know, ten a house. But then there's that responsibility for everybody, whoever's on social media, whether you're an influencer or not, to showcase the truth of wherever you go, whether you're paying for it or someone else is paying for it. Then that responsibility lies there. Can you guys give me any tips for people who are maybe getting up the ladder on social media on how to capture images or how to spread the message or how to get the right message out there from images to what you write and your captions and where you go. Any top tips? Well, I always say stick with your niche, mm-hmm. um, most importantly. So if your niche is luxury, stick with yep, it. Don't start absolutely. posting pictures of... McDonald's. Right, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Although I do like McDonald's in each different country. I like try to I like, love just try it out. But I don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, that's what I Chicken mean. Wings. It doesn't mean that you're not experienced in there, but like, you know, stick with your niche. Yeah. Like maybe maybe keep the like buffalo wings on the back burner. <laughs> So, so, so that people would be able to recognise your photo when it pops up, and they know it's you. They can relate to you. They can, they, they feel like they recognise your content. Um, and also, what I always say is just photograph everything. Like if you're gonna, if you're gonna be in Chiang Mai eating a locust, like take a photo of it. Because if you didn't take a photo, if you don't have a photo, it didn't happen. Like yeah. <laughs> document everything, and then you can sort of, you know, sift through afterwards and see what you're happy to post. But put yourself you know put your experiences out there one thing i found um is that when people don't have a niche brands don't don't know how to identify them especially for paid work so i think that's super important especially when you're starting off um and also also have a story to tell whether that's through your images or through your caption so for me i'm starting a couple of like visual series where like 
the outfit or the location is part of a bigger story. So I did one in Sussex where I got stranded by a lighthouse and it was horrible. But that was about Dear Arthur. And the response I got to that was massive because, you know, Instagram is not necessarily the place for editorial, especially with the UK market. People like very personal things. Um, But that response was incredible because it was niche and it was in line with what I usually do. And it had a story. And I think travel is almost the best way to tell a story. So definitely either share your experience or um, share your itinerary just be very specific don't be like don't have a glorified image of yourself and be like look how pretty I am look at the sunset you know like add value to your followers especially when there are so many talented people out there and then also the importance I guess of stories and not just the pictures the static pictures on a wall it's telling the story and perhaps videoing your journey yeah yeah yeah. even for myself I watch people's insta stories I mean consistent I that you know I mean god this is awful but the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning I flick through insta stories and (laughs) it's because I want to see what that person's doing not the necessarily the manicured and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that but they're not necessarily always the manicured photo I want to know how they got to that I want to know you know if there was a flood in their room or or you know there's like a spider on the deck like I want to see the reality perfection is boring Yeah. yeah yeah Final question, 2019, what are your luxury travel goals? Where do you want to go? Where do we have to go? Oh, this is hard. Yeah, really tough. I've never been to the Maldives, so I'd really Mm. like to go to the Maldives. I've got a few things planned, but in terms of actual goals, where would I go? South America, I think, maybe. Nice. I actually would quite like to go to Kenya. Especially reading so many citizen firm articles. We had the most incredible <laughs> yeah. takeover of the Fairmont Hotels and Kenya Airways. We had a one week trip to Nairobi, Mombasa, not, not my Nairobi, Mount Kenya, and Masai Mara. So wow. I highly recommend wow, wow. it. Wow, yeah. I read everything. I feel like I was, was that. Out of the world. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I know it well. Yeah. <laughs> you still have to go though, it's incredible. No, I do want to go. Close up, it. sunrise, sunset safaris. Like oh, nothing I've done before. Safari is like the most breathtaking. If it's like a proper safari as well, it's the most incredible experience. Oh, you know what was such a faux pas? I read that you had to wear neutrals to safari, right? And I know that where I was going was a private game reserve, but I was like, oh, I don't want to ruin anyone else's experience, so I'm going to wear head-to-toe neutrals. I was like, what's the easiest way to do this? Oh, just get a jumpsuit, went on ASOS, found a cheap jumpsuit, only going to wear it once. You know, we woke up super early, the hotel pickup, got there, didn't look at myself in the mirror the entire day. Then I realised that I looked like an inmate from a minimal security <gasps> women's prison. Oh my God, no, no. Okay, this is the strangest thing that awful. you say. I did exactly oh my the God. same. No, and somebody said that I looked like a Ghostbuster. I looked like I escaped from prison especially when they did like the stop off to like put the petrol and we all go off at like the petrol like station and I was wandering around I was like I literally look like I've escaped from jail That's amazing. I had boots on as well because I thought it would be like you know proper clothes toe boots yeah. just for any stampedes oh gosh <laughs> running yeah. away from those lions I looked like such an idiot and there were people there in like little crop tops and cute maxis and I was like oh my god you can't wear a maxi on safari it wasn't a real one though you know because it was a private game reserve like right. you weren't actually walking at any point and you know they had sparkling wine at the break time Sundance. so you know Sundance it's just is like, great. Yeah. so actually there is one final <laughs> question I have do you have one must have item on any travel I'm more than one, but the one. Tell me three. So, event sickle fake cream, especially if I don't have check-in. I always demand check-in, but, you know, press trips sometimes, they're like, oh, sorry, forgot. No, you didn't. But anyway. um, (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> bit too sassy for that. You should probably remove that. <laughs> um, a ventricle fate is the best formula ever. Whether your skin is irritated from the heat or it's super dry and cracking, like my face, it loves 32 degree weather. This weather in London, you know, three degrees, it's falling off right now. It's the best cream ever. Um, also, hand sanitizer because I don't yeah. trust airport toilets. Mm. I don't trust. Valuable. I don't trust airports. I yeah, and the plane seats. Like, how well can they really clean them? Yeah. You know, I like have to like have a nice wipe down. I think just, just disinfect yeah. everything hygiene. and everyone. Yeah, Hi- yeah hygiene. Hygiene. Yeah. Zoe, what about you? Um, yeah, I would definitely say, especially for for long flights as well, like a good a good facial moisturizer, a good face cream, just because you get so dehydrated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Um, oh God, I could say something really awful, like Do really it. pretentious, like, you know, I love some pillow spray or something, but actually it's, not, <laughs> it's nothing like that. Like I like a comfortable, just a comfortable jumper to take with me wherever I am. So I feel like I'm at home and God, there's just so much stuff. Mm-hmm. Sleeping pills, melatonin. Pills. Sleeping pills. Oh God, it's all coming out now. Melatonin. <laughs> oh, it, it's the it's real It's pretty stuff. much <laughs> over the counter. It's not Ambien or anything. I'm not going to be spray. hallucinating on the plane. <laughs> uh, yeah, melatonin for sure. We're going to close this with a quick fire round. So I'm going to go with you first, Zoe, and it's travelling focused. Are you ready? Okay. I feel under pressure. No pressure. Okay. They're really quick. Okay. Hold or cabin luggage? Uh, Cabin. Spontaneous or planned? Spontaneous. Meals or snacks? Meals. Long haul or short haul? Long haul. Weekend or seven days? Seven days. God, I sound so greedy. Pyramids in (laughs) Egypt or Tower of Pisa? Uh, pyramids in Egypt. Victoria Falls in Zimbabwe or Blue Lagoon in Iceland? Blue Lagoon in Iceland. That was pretty easy. Wow, okay. Yeah, I'm nervous. Uh, <laughs> Andrea, influencer-led quick-fire questions. Instagram or YouTube? Instagram. Quality or quantity? Quality. Honest bad reviews or dishonest good ones? Honest bad reviews. Yeah. Paid campaign or friends holiday? Oh, friends holiday, actually. Niche or mainstream? Niche. Perfect or rough around the edges? Perfect, sorry. <laughs> I do art. I like I the do, honesty. I, I like do the honesty. art photos. I don't do, you know, <laughs> outfit so photos. I don't do iPhone photos. I and don't do that. The last one, I'm actually going to split between the two of you. Uh, Zoe, Dubai or India? Dubai. Andrea, South um, Africa or Seychelles? Seychelles. Sorry, time went. It's a yeah. quick fire. <laughs> Did you want oh, to change? I was going to answer her no. one. I was like, India, India. India, <laughs> India, India. great. Um, you've just come back from Qatar. So. <laughs> Uh, Zoe, Bali or Singapore? Uh, I haven't been to Bali, so Singapore. Andrew, Italy or Portugal? Oh, God, I love that. Portugal, yeah, Portugal. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Zoe, Mexico or Brazil? Mexico, all the way. Andrew, uh, Jamaica or Cuba? Jamaica. Zoe, America or Canada? America. Final one. Iceland or Sweden? Sweden. Oh, I, I want to go to Sweden next year. That's on my list, I Stock forgot home. to say. Yeah, I found a Super hotel fun. as well from your website. I love that. <laughs> really? Go to Citizen yeah. Bemeth and Doubt for inspiration. Yes. <laughs> so good. It was one of your suitcase series. It was one of the girls or the women's um, favourite hotels and she said something like 16 in Sweden or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and I, I saw it and I'm like, I'm fully booking this in the summer though. That was the name of it? Yeah, some, it's at 16. Six. Oh, yes. I stayed, that's where I stayed. Yes, at yeah. six, yeah. It's great. Fantastic. Stockholm's great. Thank you, guys.